You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. So last night we were here for prayer and thank you so much for being here for prayer or tuning in online. I know we can get busy uh, with our schedules and other things, but uh, wherever you take time to join together, I think it's good for us to have a corporate focus as a church body. I know we have other things going on throughout the week, but it's good for us to have a weekly uh, corporate focus where we can come together and be led of the spirit and have another opportunity opportunity just for prayer, just for the spirit of the Lord to move. There's a blessing when we come and worship and we do this every service is a blessing, obviously a strength and a foundation. We're built upon the word of God. And every time we have church, there's a exaltation, exhorting of the word of God. But there is something about being spirit led and just letting the spirit minister and speak to us and not only speak to us, but sometimes speak through us from other people that are around us to share one another's burdens in prayer and to shoulder those. And so thank you for being faithful to prayer on Tuesday night prayer. If you haven't been a part of Tuesday night prayer, of course, you can tune in online in the private Facebook group. But the way it normally goes here is somebody will open up prayer with something that they've had on their heart or their mind. And then we have a time for prayer on our own. And there's some soft music playing and we're, we'll just take our needs and our bare our heart and let the Lord speak to us on our own. And, and there's something beautiful about that. And then we come back together and we'll close out and we'll cover needs and something else that uh, uh, someone else may uh, share on their heart. And that is not, uh, I'm not the only one that leads that. And our ministry team, uh, we have prayer teams that help with that. And, and so it's beautiful to see when God speaks to us. And last night, Sister Larissa opened up for us and Sister Harris, Sister Rachel closed for us. And there was a confirmation, as you said, and what the Lord had given you to share. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me a little bit. Just he's been dealing with me this week. And I want to share that with you. But Sister Larissa opened up and uh, I didn't intend to go here, but just for context, she opened up in Psalm chapter number 13 and Psalm 13. She said, how long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever is the question. How long will thou hide my face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? He goes on and laments this prayer, but then he comes down in verse number five of verse 15 and says, but I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Now there's, there's a, uh, you, you can call it, uh, some people may call it a game. Uh, I don't call it a game, but have you ever gone to the word of God and said, Lord, I need a word. And you closed your eyes and you prayed, Lord, just wherever the Bible opens up, that's going to be my word. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? <laughs> Has anybody, anybody honest enough to say that I have done that before. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Look around. Raise your hands. This is, we got honest people in the house tonight. Praise God. Amen. You see all these people raising their hands. I want to tell you that is a various, very dangerous. <laughs> Amen. Dangerous thing to do. <laughs> Amen. Because there's all, all kinds of stuff in there. And, you, and, and if you know, maybe a word out of context. Nothing's more dangerous than a word out of context. And you can fall into some interesting places here in Scripture that uh, are not an answer for you. And uh, so we come to the book of Psalms, and, and one of my, one of my uh, customs, I guess, many, many of us in our prayer is to pray the Psalms. Have you ever prayed the Psalms? Prayed the Psalms. And I have some classic Psalms that I go to, Brother Blake, that I'll pray. But not every Psalm is, is a Psalm that's just a Psalm that you just want to, you know, Psalm 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. 
There we are. Man, that's a great psalm to start. This is on the top. But Psalm 13 starts out, basically, how long will you forget me, God? Here I am. How long are you going to forget me? That, that is not the Sunday morning sermon that you want to show up, that you want to hear. Amen. You don't want the preacher saying, hey, where, where is God in my life? I don't know. I've been praying all week and can't find God. So there are psalms in here that are, I would say, they are in some, maybe dark is not the right word, but they are heavy. And there are some psalms that, that are definitely for dark seasons. But the power of them is what Sister Larissa illustrated in chapter number 13, that while he was at a season of praying or asking the question, God, how long will you forget me? He did not stay. I think the word she used, he did not stay in that posture. But he moved from that point of frustration to a point of praise. And, and not just praise, but to a point of faith when he says this, and he says, uh, I have trusted in thy mercy, and my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. In fact, maybe these psalms are some of the most powerful because they really do speak to us at the deep times of life. I want us to go to Job chapter number one, and I'll take my text tonight from Job chapter number one, and just one verse of scripture. You know the story of Job. Uh, he's a perfect man, the Bible says. Issues evil. And he, 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 uh, he has this bad day. And on this day, a servant comes running to him and says, all of your cattle were taken and uh, Sabians rose up. They took them, killed the servants, and I only am escaped and left. Somebody else comes up and says, hey, all of your camels were taken. Another one runs in. Hey, all of your sheep were destroyed. And, and, and another group of people came. And while that one was yet speaking or finishing speaking, the next one would come. The next one would come. The next one would come. And you talk about all of his substance, all of his equity, all of his resources, everything he has taken away, and then finally, that which is most precious to him, his children. One comes to them and says, all of your children were together at the eldest house, and a wind blew. This time, it wasn't someone else that came, but it was a wind. Nature came and and they, the, the house collapsed, and they all passed away. This is perhaps the lowest point uh, that we could try to grasp, try to comprehend. Could you imagine? I don't even think we can comprehend blow after blow after blow on this measure. All of us have maybe had some part of this happen, but to have the scale of that, just unbelievable. And then look at what he says in verse number 21. Job chapter 1 and verse number 20. Let's start at verse number 20, and then we'll look at verse number 21. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped. He humbles himself. He rips. This was a custom that they would have, ripping of his mantle, shaving his head, and he falls down. And the Bible says, he worshiped and said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Last night in the conclusion of our prayer, Sister Harris, you shared with us that what the Lord had impressed on you and laid on you was out of 1 Thessalonians when Paul says, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Paul says, in everything give thanks. 
The context of that is not just to give thanks for the good things that happened in our life, but to give thanks in everything. To give thanks in the high times and to give thanks in the low times. To give thanks in the uh, times of bounty and to give thanks in the time of famine. In everything, give thanks. Here is this phrase that Job says, and I want us to focus on this tonight and just meditate on it if we can. He says, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want to talk to us from this thought tonight. And my title, if I was going to title this, would be God's sovereignty, a, pers- a, a, a life perspective, or a yes, a life perspective. God's sovereignty, a life perspective. I think it's so important for us uh, uh, to understand uh, not, not just the part of God, but, but everything that the Bible tells us about God. When we pick and choose the aspects about God's identity and revelation that we, we like best, we set ourselves up for disappointment, misunderstanding. We set ourselves up for uh, uh, confusion, if you will. And one of those ways, I think, is, is found in this verse, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. I think a lot of times our theology is, as call it whatever, as Americans, as moderns, as Western civilization, as uh, uh, consumer, uh, uh, capitalists, I don't know, our mentality, our theology uh, leaves room for, uh, uh, or, or lacks rather, not leaves room, but lacks really a complete understanding of what God is and what God is trying to do in our life. We understand, let's put it this way, we understand the theology of the Lord gave. But it's that second part of that phrase that messes us up. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We have the Lord gay. We have that theology down really good. You need anything? Come to the house. Ask the Lord. You, you need anything? God is here. We have that theology down really well. The healer's in the house. Come on, anybody understand what I'm saying? The way maker's in the house. The deliverer's in the house. The peace speaker's in the house. We thank God for that. We have that part of the theology down really well. We're really good at understanding how God is able to do a miracle. Praise God for the miracles. How many have ever had a miracle in your life? And we bring our knees before the Lord, and we come to the Lord, and we ask God's provision, we ask God's help, we ask God's blessing. In fact, when Jesus comes on the earth, what what does Jesus do? He comes, and he meets people at their point of need. So if they had need, Christ comes down and he meets them, and, and he lets them know that I am God, that I have power to be your everything, to answer all of your problems, to be your Lord and Savior. So Jesus does this. In fact, in one episode, we see they brought uh, a man that was lame to the Lord, and he was sitting there, and the Lord looked at him, didn't even speak to his physical ailment, and Jesus says, thy sins are forgiven you. Well, they didn't bring the man to be forgiven. They brought the man to be healed. But Jesus looks at him and says, your sins are forgiven. Because I think he was trying, maybe giving us a hint that God is more concerned about what is going on in our soul than he is in our body. And of course, he was illustrating a point because the Pharisees back there, they were standing at the back of the crowd and they, they thought and were murmuring among themselves something Jesus would not have physically heard. And they're saying, why, who is he to ask, who is he to forgive sins? He's not God. But he was God. 
And Jesus looks back there at the Pharisees and he says, so that you may know. They didn't even say anything to him. They were talking among themselves. He says, so that you may know the Son of Man hath power to forgive sins. He says, watch this. Take up your bed and walk. And the man took up his bed and he walked and he was healed. The Bible says right then. He was healed in that self-same hour. But he, in that passage, I think it's Mark 11. In that passage, I could be wrong about that. In that scene, he was letting them know that if I can heal you physically, if I can make you whole physically, then I also have the power to make you whole spiritually. And not only spiritually, if I can heal you temporally, I can heal you eternally. So there were some things that were going on there. And so because Jesus comes and he meets us at our point of need, Christ, uh, uh, we did not find God. God found us. Right? Yeah. We did not find God. God found us. And your experience with the Lord in him revealing himself to us, a lot of times his, the first revelation that we have of God is when God meets a need for us. Yeah. That is the scene that we see throughout all of Scripture. But in the book of Job, we're not coming to someone who is just finding out about God. We are coming to a man, the Bible says, in the book of Job, that was perfect and upright and one that feared God and issued evil, Job 1.1. So we're not coming to someone that is just making their first steps to God. We are coming to what we could call a mature follower of God, a mature believer, one who puts their faith in God. In fact, it's something, amen, it's it's one thing for someone else to say, oh, they're perfect. They don't do anything wrong. But it is something for Scripture to say that he was a perfect and upright man, one that feared God. So this understanding, this depth, this revelation does not come from a novice or someone that is just new to understanding God. This comes to a mature believer. So we're past the point, we're beyond the point, let's say, of knowing that God is able. How many know God is able? He is able. God is able. He's a healer. He's a way maker. He's a provider. So we are now beyond that point. We have stepped past the point of needing to know that God can heal me. Job is in a place in his life where he knows God can heal me. God can make a way. God can protect. God can provide. God can supply. Job has all of that taken care of. It's in that context and that understanding that we now see the scene play out where bad things happen one right after the other. The theology is not complete just with the first phrase, but Job spells it out for us in this. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I would propose to you that the whole of the book of Job is about the sovereignty of God. There is so much more in it. There's other takeaways that we can take away from it. There's a lot of truths, a lot of testimonies in it. But the whole of the book of Job is about the sovereignty of God. So I want you to follow with me here. A few years back, we did a series called Absolute, the Revelation of God. And in that, we gave eight absolute uh, absolute or, or unique characteristics or attributes, rather. Eight unique attributes about God. And the fourth attribute that we talked about was the attribute that God is absolutely sovereign. Follow me for a moment. He rules... And he reigns. He is absolutely always in control. 
He knows how to reign over everything. And his rule is so absolute that he rightly does his own will. And his will, as contrasted with merely his desire or plans for man, cannot be resisted. God is sovereign. Now, what does that mean? That means that God is going to do what God is going to do. And everything is going to happen that God wants to happen. Now, that does not mean that he has desires and plans for us that we can't miss, that we can't mistake. But God is sovereign. He is the absolute ruler over all of existence, over all of creation. And his will reigns supreme. Whatever God wants to do, God will do. Whatever God purposes to do, God will do. This is a fundamental theology of Scripture. This is throughout all of Scripture that God is sovereign. He is absolute. It's put in this way. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 17, if they can get this, for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, a great or a great God, a mighty and a terrible, which regardeth not persons nor taketh reward. What's he saying here? He is saying that God is sovereign. He is the God of gods. He is the Lord of lords. He does not answer to anyone else. God is absolutely sovereign. Now, I'm trying to help somebody here because, and and I'll tell you where we're going with this. Here's, Here's where we're going. I'm trying to help somebody with this. One person has a prayer request, and they make their prayer request known, and God answers that prayer request according to the desires of the petitioner. Someone else at the same time or at a different time in life has a similar prayer request and brings that prayer request to God and submits it to him and God does not answer according to the desires of the petitioner. God does not answer according to what they wanted. And they make the mistake of walking away and saying either God is not real or God broke his promise or or God doesn't love me. And this is a real issue. This is a real thing that probably all of us deal with at some point in our life. And we have needs and we have certain things. Why did this happen to me? Someone else lives for God, and in their living for God, they experience what it seems certain blessings and protections and provisions and other things. Someone else lives for God and trusts God with their whole heart, but yet they do not have, it seems like, the same fortunate experience of someone else. I'm being real here tonight. And this is the point where too many people walk away and their faith dies out. And they lose faith because I would propose to you that their theology was incomplete. We had the understanding of the Lord gave. The Lord gives. The Lord blesses, the Lord heals, the Lord provides, the Lord keeps. We have all of that stuff, but but we do not understand what Job was saying when he says, the Lord taketh away. And because we don't understand that, we cannot get to where Job got when he said, in the midst of that blessed be the name of the Lord. Or where David was when he pins the psalm and says, how long are you going to forget me, God? But nevertheless, 
I'm going to trust in your mercy. And I'm going to hope in your salvation. Or we don't get to the place where Paul says, in everything, give thanks. But if we understand the sovereignty of God, if we understand the sovereignty of God Almighty, there is something that is bigger than us. There is, I don't know how to say it, but it is a knowledge, a strength that is bigger than any circumstance that you could have on this earth. And I think that's what the book of Job was trying to tell us when it shows us how one after the other, they came to Job bearing bad news, and yet Job stops and says, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And look at what verse 21 says. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Now, the book of Job goes forth. Job has some friends. I don't know what kind of friends they were, but he has some friends that showed up. Said, Job, we just want to come help you. We just want to be here with you. Job, I ain't never seen anybody this bad. Job, if you're this bad, you've done something wrong. And Job starts saying, no, I haven't. I haven't changed. I'm all the same. I've lived for God. But no, Job, there's sin in your heart. There's, there's secret sin. Job, there's sin you don't even know about. They, they were coming up with all kinds of things. And Job says, I didn't. Job was getting mad. He's getting frustrated. He's getting angry. And then he's saying, God, he basically gets this play. God, are you going to help me out, Lord? Look, I, I did everything I was supposed to do. And yet here I am. What did it do? And Job, though he didn't sin, he did say, God, I wish I would have never been born. And God, my, my birthday is not a day of rejoicing. It's a day of lament. It's a day of pain in my life. And when God shows up, God does not even speak to his pain. God does not even speak to his loss. He doesn't even speak to his hurt. He just takes Job to a place, back to a place where Job already knew. He takes him back to his sovereignty. Job, where were you when I called the heavens out of nothing? Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? He begins talking about creatures we don't even know or understand. Job, where were you? And when Job comes out of that after he's done, he says, God, I don't know what I was thinking. I take it all back, God, and I'm sorry. And he literally said, he said, I'll take this hand and I'll put it on my mouth and I won't say another word. And he said, I'm going to praise you, God, and I'm going to love you. The sovereignty of God is this, and, and, and I don't want to belabor the point here, but God does whatever he pleases, and that's his prerogative as, as being a sovereign. Because he is sovereign, he can do as he pleases. Look at this in Daniel chapter 4, 35. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will... In the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? Wow. No one can even ask him that question. In fact, all of creation exists because it pleased him to create an order to please himself. We could look at this, Isaiah 43 and 21. We could look at this in depth, but we won't go into it here. But God created us not for us. He created us for him. Isaiah 43 and 21, this people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. The blessings that we inherit, the benefits of being Someone who loves God and in relationship with God is not the reason why God created us. 
God created us for Himself to give Him praise. That's your purpose in life. That's my purpose in life. Now, the blessing I have and the benefit I have is that when I do praise Him, I am a recipient of all the good things of the Lord in my life. So there are benefits, there are blessings. He, he is, he said, a jealous God. But let's go, if we can, here to this, this, and we could sum this up. In Isaiah chapter number 55, Isaiah chapter number 55. Go to Isaiah chapter number 55. And if you don't have this highlighted in your Bible, you need to highlight this passage in your Bible. Remember, the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Isaiah 55, and look at this in verses 8 and verses 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Say, let's, let's look at this again. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Amen. God does not think like us. Yeah. And he does not think like me. He does not think like you. Amen. So every time we approach God, we have to remember he's not thinking like I'm thinking. Okay, let's go on. Verse 9, or neither are your ways, okay, this is the second thing, neither are your ways my ways. His way of bringing something to pass is not going to be my way of bringing something to pass. His design is not going to be my design. Or you could put it this way. God's plan is not going to be my plan. Yeah, yeah. Now, God sometimes will show us glimpses in our life of things that He wants for us. Has anybody ever have that? Lord will give you a vision. Lord will show you something that happened in Scripture. He'll give you a desire of your heart. He did this with Joseph. He gave Joseph visions. Joseph, there you are, and the sun and the moon bowed down to you. Joseph thinking, man, this is good. But wait a minute, Joseph. God's ways are not your ways. What you saw was a little thing in the future that God's going to do, but the way you're thinking He's going to bring it to pass is not how He's going to bring it to pass. Where was I at the other day and somebody said this, the pit was on purpose. Was that here? Did somebody say that here? I don't know. I heard, I heard somebody saying that. Joseph was thrown into a pit by his brothers, sold into slavery. The pit was on purpose. It was part of God's way. Look at what he says in verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The heavens are higher than the earth, my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are above your thoughts. With this declaration, Isaiah lets us know that God is sovereign. He is sovereign. And we go back to Job. Job is a man who has surrendered his heart and his life to God. He's given his heart and his life to God. So this is not for somebody coming to the Lord at the first. God's going to come down. He's going to love them. He's going to meet them at the point of need. We, we do that. We preach that. We minister that. But for somebody that's been living for God, that is at this place, we have to remember a life perspective is that God is sovereign. God can do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants. And when my life has been surrendered to him and given to him, all of a sudden I yield my ways and my purposes to him. And he has the prerogative to use me for his glory any way yes. he sees fit. Yes. 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 
He can use my life. My life, your life, our lives are the currency in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not silver and gold. It's not material. It's not buildings. It's not the kingdom of God is souls. It's lives. And how does God expand his kingdom, grow his kingdom? What does God use in the kingdom? He uses people and he uses lives. Jesus looks at Peter and he says this. He said, Peter, do you love me? I love you, Lord. Feed, Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. He tells him this. The Lord gets upset with him. And he says, Peter, when you get old, they are going to lead you where you do not want to go. And they are going to take you by the hand and they are going to stretch you out. He told Peter that he would live a long life, but that he would ultimately die a suffering death. And you know what Peter immediately did? He didn't say, no, Lord, that's not fair. He did what every other human being does. He said, well, what about him? (laughs) Am I telling it? It's in there. And and, (laughs) and Jesus said, Peter, this is how you're going to die. And he said, well, how's he going to die? Does he have to do this too? And the Lord said, what's it to you? (laughs) That's not the answer to the prayer that Peter was hoping to get right there at that point. He said, what, what is it to you if I keep him alive until I come back? Are you still going to love me? God, Jesus was showing his sovereignty that I have, the, I have the authority and the prerogative as Lord over your life, as Lord of lords and God of gods. I have the choice to choose how I want to spend your life. Right. Yes. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yes, sir. God's sovereignty is a perspective for life. We talked about last night, Sister Larissa was talking about unanswered prayers. And the Lord just began to speak to me. You've been dealing with me already, unanswered prayers. There are times when we come and we give our prayer requests and we pray and God answers our prayers. He answers the prayers, I should say, He answers the prayers the way we want Him to answer the prayer. But then there's other prayers we bring, but God doesn't answer those prayers. Or should I say, he doesn't answer the prayer the way we want him to answer the prayer. There's one thing we can mark down for sure, and that is this, that God hears every single prayer. God knows every single thought that you have. God is aware of every single desire that you have. Every little thing that matters in your life, God knows. But God's sovereignty is such that God can choose to use our life according to his own will and his own purpose. And much of that is about our faith in him, but our faith in him is not just about what we're learning Because let's go to the context of the book of Job. Job started out with the right theology. The Lord hath given, the Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. The Lord hath taken away. What do you mean? That wasn't wasn't the Lord. That was the Sabians. That wasn't the Lord. That was the Chaldeans. That wasn't the Lord. That was fire. That was wind. And Job says, no, it was God's. It was God. Because I was living under the authority of God. And nothing is permissible in my life without God signing off on it. Everything that happens in my life, whatever tomorrow holds... God has already signed off on it if my life is in surrender to him. And so he said, look, it wasn't mine to start with. Yes, I had inherited, uh, I had accumulated rather a lot of cattle. And Job was a very, very, very wealthy man. But he said, it wasn't mine. It was on load from God. 
I didn't create it. Even his own children that he himself had fathered. They're not mine. They were on loan from God. I don't have the gift of life. It's God who gives life. And so he says, the Lord hath taken away. And in that sovereignty, he understanding, he says, blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, I'm not preaching that this is easy. I'm not preaching that this is easy. In fact, I think that this is probably one of the hardest things to come to an understanding. But if we can just have the perspective in our life that God is sovereign and that God is truly Lord over our life, it will keep us in a posture of trust, of faith, of praise, of magnifying the name of the Lord. I wish I could tell you that every sickness was going to be healed. I wish I could tell you that every loved one was going to come back to the Lord. I wish I could tell you that every friend was going to make things right with you. But what I can tell you is that if you put your faith and your trust in God, you can stand on this. I may not understand it. I may never know about it, but his thoughts are above my thoughts and his ways are above my ways. So I will praise him when I know what's happening and it makes sense. And I'll praise him when it doesn't make sense. I'll praise him when I see him working and I'll thank him when I can't see him working in my life. Why? Because God is sovereign. And in the end, I know he will never leave me and he will never forsake me. And all of his thoughts towards me are thoughts to prosper me and to give me peace and to save me. To bring me to an expected end. To bring me to an end where God is going to take care of me. God is good. Make no mistake. God is good. God never takes away his goodness. Let me say that again. God never takes away his goodness. Bad things happened in Job's life. But God never took away his goodness, and God never took away his love. You may go through hard things in life. You may go through trials and tragedies. You may bear a burden of of an unanswered prayer that you're wondering, God, why is this prayer not answered? But God never takes away his goodness. His mercies are new every morning. His faithfulness is every single day. But there's something about God's sovereignty that gives me a perspective for life. So I close with this. This this is, I don't know, has this made sense tonight? I'm sort of rambling, I feel like. But I'm trying to help somebody, and I just felt it in my spirit. God doesn't always answer our prayer requests the way we want them answered. And sometimes... Where we get in trouble is when we, when we, let's say, input our ways into God's processes. For instance, God could call you. Abraham. God called Abraham. Okay, God, I'm going, going, looking for a city who has foundations, whose builder and maker is the Lord. Abraham never found that city. Then God shows up and says, Abraham, I'm going to make of you a great nation. Years go by. Sarah gets impatient as much as Abraham. And they try to, they try to jumpstart the whole thing, and it doesn't work out. And 25 years later, finally Isaac comes. And then Isaac comes of age, and God says, Abraham, take Isaac, thine only son, and take him up and offer him as a sacrifice. And now Abraham has to do something he doesn't want to do. He takes the knife. He has the knife. He's ready. Abraham was at the point. He had already in his mind, he had already come to a point saying, God, I do not understand it. 
But God, I will obey you because you're sovereign. And when Abraham walked in the perspective of understanding the sovereignty of God, there was a ram in the thicket. And that ram in the thicket then, that, that, that became the substitutional sacrifice. God made a way. And I'm going to tell you, God does not always answer our prayers the way that we envision them. But the goodness of God will never leave you. And the love of God will never leave you. Amen. And it is, it, is a, it, is a, it is a cheat to God and a cheat to yourself to only understand the theology of the Lord gave. Yep. The Lord gave. And this last year, if we've seen anything, and I'm closing... Who played the piano tonight? If you can, you come. And tonight we'll close with prayer. Yes. But this last year and this pandemic makes you reassess a lot of things. We've seen so much in our world change. And in America, we are a people that we're stuck on the Lord gave. We know how to do that. The so-called prosperity gospel but we're not really good at the Lord hath taken away. Or we're not okay with the Lord takes away. In the end of life, what is life? What does it matter? All the stuff that you have. Your life is but a vapor. Job says it goes out just like this. And all that matters is to love God. Solomon said this when he had had everything. Job lost everything and said, God, you're sovereign. Solomon had everything and said, God, doesn't matter. You're sovereign. The point is, God is sovereign. And the best thing that we could do is to live our life and to give our life to God. So I know you have desires. I know you have certain situations in your life that you want. You say, well, and I don't know who's watching online. I don't know who is in this place, but... You say, well, God, I, I don't want to be single my whole life. Or, God, I, I want to have a spouse that loves God. God, I, I, I don't want to go through this trial. I don't want to go through this sickness. God, I, why, does this, why is this my lot in life? And the first thing we do whenever we come to God and... and <laughs> God begins to give us hints about things. And I know there are people dealing... I, I, I don't think this is an accident. I know there's people dealing with these questions. When we start thinking, okay, God is asking of me to give something and to have carry something that I didn't want to carry for His glory, we do what the Apostle Peter does. Well, well what about them? Are they going to have to carry that too? Maybe, but maybe not. When you know God is sovereign, you don't get upset when God answers someone else's prayer, but not your prayer. You can rejoice with those that rejoice. You can weep with those who weep. Because God is sovereign. The Lord hath given, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house tonight. Can you stand together with me right now? Hallelujah, Lord, in Jesus' name right now tonight, God. Lord, our desire really is to love you and to serve you. And I pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For all the things, human things that we carry, all the things that we hold on to, I pray tonight, God, that we could just let go. That we could just surrender to you. God, all the unanswered prayers that we carry to this altar. God, our trust is in you tonight. Our faith has to be in you tonight, in your sovereignty, Lord. God, help us to know not only the Lord gives, but the Lord takes away. You can use things in our life we don't even understand. God, we may not ever understand, but God, you're using it for your glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let there be a surrender in our heart tonight. 
surrender in our heart tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can you just lift your voice toward heaven tonight? God, I thank you tonight, Lord. I thank you tonight, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, in the good days and the bad days. God, no matter what comes in our life, you are Lord, you are King, you are God. Lord, we serve you and we worship you, God, and we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah tonight. God, you are faithful, Lord. Don't let us give in to the lie that your goodness has left us, God, because your goodness is still here. Your love is still here. God, your mercy is still here every day. Your faithfulness surrounds us, Lord, every day. God, I bless you tonight, Lord. I bless you tonight, God. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion, and unto thee will the vow be performed, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on. God's using you right now. You don't even know in what ways. God, I thank you for the ways that make sense, and I thank you for the ways, God, that I don't understand. Your thoughts are above my thoughts. God, your ways are above my ways. Lord, I thank you tonight, God, for the ways that you work that I can see and the ways that you work that I cannot see. And I trust you tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. I thank God for his spirit tonight. The book of Job is about God's sovereignty. So we don't, that's why we don't find the answer to the question why. Because when you have a perspective of God being sovereign in your life, you don't need the answer. We want the answer to why, but we don't need the answer to the why. You say, well, why did God do that? Well, that's established in the very first chapter. God said, I don't understand all of this, in the councils of heaven, before heaven and earth, before Satan himself, he said, look at my servant Job. He's my testimony on this earth. So God in the unanswered prayer could be using you to reach somebody else in this earth, or God could have a much bigger thing and he could be using you as a testimony right now before hell itself God could be using you and I'm going to tell you you're going to have a whole lot of devils angry at you for that but when you walk in the sovereignty of God there is a blessing come on the story ends he didn't get what he lost back but God gave to him more God blesses. The Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. In Jesus' name, God, we praise you tonight and I thank you tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would help somebody tonight in spite of me, in spite of mine.